Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God that will speak to us this morning is our Old Testament reading from Exodus. And I want to share again with you uh, just these words from verse 4. You yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. That is God's word. Our grandchildren and I have been watching the Decorah Eagle Cam uh, for quite some time. And we've got a live picture there, a live feed from that Eagle Cam in Decorah, Iowa. And we've watched uh, those eaglets. We, when we started watching, two of them had already been born, and we got to see a third one uh, get out, come out of the egg. So it, it's been great uh, to watch them. And uh, remember that picture right there that you're seeing? Trying to fly. <laughs> Getting closer to that. Rarely do you see mom and dad around, uh, although they, they still feed them. I checked this morning uh, when I got up, and they were all having a fish for breakfast. And this, these mom and dads, they're very wise because there is a trout hatchery in Decorah, Iowa. I've seen some really nice rainbow trout in that nest. Uh, pick them up there. So uh, we're going to talk about eagles. Let's go back to, uh, to our slides. But I just thought you might be interested in that. Our uh, pastor mentioned I'm with Lutheran Family Service, and we partner with Perry Lutheran Home in Iowa. It's an elder care facility and also has a couple of memory care units. And we have virtual windows in there. And the Decora Eagle Cam is one of those virtual windows. So the residents there can go to that window and look out, <laughs> and they can see uh, the eagles. I've told my wife, put my wheelchair right there by that window. I want to watch the eagles. I just enjoyed that so much. So when I, when I saw that the Old Testament reading today was from Exodus, talking about eagles, um, I knew that we had to look at that and we had to talk about some of the, some of the things eagles can do and how God uses that, that picture. Now, I remember... I was told a long time ago that this verse, I bore you up on eagles' wings, that's because I was told to teach their eaglets to fly. Eagles push them out of the nest, and then they fly underneath them to help bear them up. So I thought, okay, that, that'd be a great picture to have for this sermon. So I searched, and I searched, and I searched, and I could not find a picture of an eagle carrying another baby eagle. So I thought, well, maybe that was misinformation I was given. So I did a little more research on how eagles teach their young to fly. And they don't do it that way. <laughs> they don't do it that way. Uh, they teach them to fly. Uh, I have a, I, I, I did a, we're re in reverse here. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to show you a, uh, a screenshot uh, that I took of how eagles learn to fly. And you saw some of it, the, the one, and that they start doing it in the nest, and they hop around and, and they flop, and, and pretty soon they'll, there it is, they'll, 
they'll hop to a branch and then back in the nest and back to the branch and back in the nest. And there's mom or dad. It's always hard to tell because they look the same. Uh, is uh, coaching, I guess, you know, tail up, flaps down, whatever, whatever they, they teach them. So, if, uh, if eagles don't teach their young by bearing them up, did God make a mistake here in verse 4? Because he said, I bore you up on eagles' wings. Right now, a pastor is wondering, he wants to put his head in his hands. I know he does. Uh, why do we have this guy in the pulpit if he's going to say God made a mistake? But don't fear, pastor, because I also found this picture. This is a golden eagle, I think, or at least a cousin of a golden eagle, and that's a, a species of crow. And that crow landed on that eagle's back. And the eagle didn't seem to mind and, and gave that crow a ride. And I was able to find other pictures and other sources that talk about eagles carrying those not their own on their wings, but not their own young. Now you think about it, that actually does fit perfectly with this, uh, the, the verse we have uh, in our text. Oops. Uh, how can I go backwards, Pastor? I'm sorry. Can you go back? Keep there. That's good, right there. See, in our text, God is going into Egypt to get his people, right? Except they're called a prized possession in our text, or they're going to be, but they weren't then. They were slaves in Egypt. They did not have a covenant at that time. God had not talked to them about being a prized possession. And God didn't go into Egypt and say, you know, if you shape up a little bit, be a little kinder to your taskmasters, you can be my prized possession and I'll get you out of here. God's going to give the Ten Commandments in the next chapter. But he didn't take the Ten Commandments into Egypt and say, hey, look, if you can keep these commandments, then I'll see what I can do about getting you out of here. No, you see, he got them out of there first. And then he gives them the Ten Commandments. Then they become his prized possession. So God actually did know what he was talking about, and this is a great picture to illustrate that verse. And folks, it is the same for us. This is from our epistle today. God didn't come to us because we were strong to redeem us. He didn't come to us because we showed some strong potential of faith. What does it say there? He came to us while we were weak. And God didn't come to us because we loved him. He didn't come to us because we were so lovable. He came to us while we were yet sinners. He did the loving. We were rebellious, dead in sin, slaves to sin, just like the people of Israel. God came to us. That's good news, people. Because when it comes to this whole redemption thing, when it comes to this whole buying us back from sin thing, we don't have to do anything about that. And your God says, hey, 
I've got this. I've got this. Now, let's go back to our text. Now he's got them out of Egypt. Now he says, if you indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you will be my treasured possession among all the people. See, he gives them the commandments, not so they can keep them to be redeemed. He redeemed them, and he says, here, this is how redeemed people live. This is how you can become and remain and let people know that you are my treasured possession. Be obedient to what I ask you to do. And remember what all the people said? And all the people, all together, and there was a lot of people there, can imagine that shout, all that the Lord has said we will do. Everything he has spoke, we're going to do it. And so Moses reported that to the Lord. And then God said, yeah, right. Well, God didn't actually say that. But you know what I'm talking about here, right? They boasted all the time, we're going to keep these commandments. How well did they do with that? They didn't do well at all. I mean, three days after passing through the Red Sea and seeing all their enemies drowned, they're grumbling and moaning because they don't have any food or water. They were constantly rebelling against God. They did not keep his commandments at all. That's why there was a need for a new covenant. And in the new covenant, God, in the person of Jesus, he does all the doing. He did what we were supposed to do. He kept that old covenant in our place. He kept the commandments in our place perfectly. And then they get credited to our account, folks. And he paid the wages that we were supposed to pay, enduring the wrath of God for all the sins we commit. And there's a bunch of them, right? We owe God eternity in hell. And we don't have to pay that because Jesus did. So when it comes to this new covenant, God says, relax. I've got this. Jesus has done everything for you. And now, according to 1 Peter, we get some of the same language of our text used with us. Where he says, now we are a chosen race, we are a royal priesthood, we are a holy nation, we are a people for his own possession. Because of what God has done, we become God's possession now, called in the waters of holy baptism to be his special sons and daughters. So, God has done it all, right? He's got it all. We don't have to do anything. Well, you notice the ellipse is there. This verse does go on. We've been declared the special treasure so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Finally, towards the end of this sermon, 
Now we get to do the doing. Not to earn our salvation, not to earn our redemption, but because we are saved, because we are redeemed, we have some things to proclaim. And I love this, proclaiming his excellencies, because that's what it's about. A lot of time we associate evangelism or outreach or witnessing with, well, we have, we have to know how to debate those pagans out there, or we have to have a degree in theology, or we have to really know the Bible frontwards and backwards, and we've got to go out there and tell people what to do and not to do. That's not what this is saying, folks. This is saying we get to tell people not what to do or not do. We get to tell people what God has done. We get to tell people about his excellent things that he has done, and we know those. And we can be personal with it. We can say things like, I, I have been called out of darkness. Maybe you have a time, a special time, when God touched you in your life. You could share that. These are called I messages. You don't have to point the finger and say, you, you. Say, here's what God means to me. That's what witnessing really means. It's testifying to what you know to be true. And we can all, all do that. The same technique is used in, in counseling. It's called I messages. For example, a wife can say to her husband, you idiot, you never hear anything I say. Some of you actually are resonating to that. Uh, or she could say, you know, I feel like I'm not being heard too much around here. Now, it means the same thing, you idiot, you never hear anything I say, but at least it leaves things open a little bit more for conversation. My wife is very good at this. In fact, the reason I use that illustration is because it happened just last week where she said, you know, I feel like sometimes I'm not heard around here. To which I responded, what did you say? <laughs> I was just, I was funning with her, honestly. We can do that with this wonderful message that we have. We can say what it means to us. It, it is easy to do. And you, here at Trinity, uh, you're doing a great job of proclaiming the excellencies of God. And you're doing it in innovative ways. You, you've been innovative before the whole pandemic came in. You were, you've been doing this before, but even that is expanding. And we appreciate, my wife and I, we've been joining you here at Trinity since Lent. We've been watching the services, and we know you're, you're doing a good job. And, and you, you do other things, too, to serve people here at Trinity. It's not all just proclaiming. It's stuff we do to show the love of God. We not only tell people about Jesus, we can be Jesus to people. And you have many, many opportunities to do that. And I have to say that a little Barbie, I mean a little birdie, uh, told me that it is, <laughs> it is your uh, fifth anniversary coming up in the ministry. Congratulations to you on that. And I just want to share with your congregation, folks, you have a good shepherd. Not the good shepherd, <laughs> but you have a good shepherd. He's doing a good job. Again, this little, barb, little bird uh, tells me uh, some of the good things th that he's been doing and that God has been accomplishing uh, through him. So I know, Pastor, you're probably not going to pray for yourself. So if you don't mind, and actually even if you do mind, I'm going to have a prayer right now, if you don't mind, for your pastor and your congregation.
Heavenly Father, thank you uh, for your excellencies in redeeming us, forgiving us, loving us so much. And thank you for calling under shepherds of the Good Shepherd to lead and guide and to be your servants among your people. So we thank you especially today for Pastor Rieger and everything you have done in and through him for these five years. Uh, and we ask your blessing upon his continued ministry, upon the joint ministry with Pastor Werner when he arrives, and upon this congregation. Lord, may your power be here, the power of your Holy Spirit be here, and may it emanate from here, proclaiming your excellence. In Jesus' name, amen. So this is all good and right. And you can say, wow, yeah, we're fired up now. We're going to go out there and proclaim excellencies. But there's stuff out there, right? Our gospel, Jesus talked about sheep and wolves clothing out there. There's persecution for Christians. Worldwide, it's increasing. In this country, it's increasing. Not as easy to proclaim his excellencies, perhaps, as it used to be. And then there's this whole pandemic thing and the ups and downs of all of that. And the racial unrest now going on all across our country, especially here in Minnesota. And, and maybe there are things in your life, too, that uh, you're just struggling with. And you wonder, how, how can we do this? You know, Jesus also said he looked at the people and, and, and they were harassed and helpless. And maybe sometimes we feel like that too. So as you begin this week, let's conclude this sermon with one more eagle picture. Here's an early screenshot. There are the little gray fluff balls of the babies and mom or dad uh, nestling on them. And here's the verse. He will cover you with his pinions, his feathers, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a buckler, uh, an armor for us. This is very interesting because Psalm 91 begins by talking about God as a fortress. And you think about a castle, right, that you run to for refuge. Well, God is our fortress, but he's not a, a cold stone fortress that we have to run to. He is a warm, loving fortress that can come to us in our struggles. When we aren't so faithful, He always is faithful to you. And He gathers you in His wings. And He protects you with the great power of His love. So this might happen this week, and this might happen this week, and this might increase this week. But the message you need to leave here today with is hearing your God say, no matter what this is, I've got this. Amen. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.